Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time to welcome you to the Leisure and Lariats podcast and introducing your host, hailing from Bel Air, Texas. He is a world-traveling veteran of professional wrestling, the final boss, the bear, the master of that Davidson drip, your host, Ruthless Ryan Davidson! Hello, everyone. And welcome to another episode of the Leisure and Lariats podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today and every single Friday as I drop a new episode for everyone here at the Leisure and Lariats podcast. And this is a podcast that inspires, motivates, and entertains the masses through the eyes of a professional wrestling's point of view i am ryan davidson i'm a world traveled veteran professional wrestler and i've been in and out of the ring with some of the best athletes personalities and driven individuals from all over the world join me as i talk about life-changing advice experiences and stories from myself and special guests that not only made a change for themselves but also answered the call with challenges arise with that being said let's get into some plugs what did we just become best friends yep you want to go do karate in the garage yep <laughs> I can tell you this, each individual that I plug every single week here on this podcast, I'm pretty sure none of them would have a problem with doing some karate with me in a garage somewhere, as weird as that sounds. So, <laughs> moving forward, Jared Gannon with the Inner Squared Circle. Find him on all social media platforms. Chris Russo at Wrestle Russo on Instagram. Brad Owens with Snake Productions. Find him on all social media platforms. Brian Breaker with the Breaker and Bane Power Hour of Wrestling podcast. Find them on all social media platforms and podcast platforms. Rex Andrews with Pathway Fitness, all social media platforms. StevieRichardsFitness.com. And, of course, Stevie Richards' YouTube channel is phenomenal. Go out of your way. Hit that subscribe button. Brock Baker with the Hooligan Hour podcast. Find him on all podcast platforms. Reality of Wrestling. Reality of Wrestling just made an announcement a few days ago that moving forward, each and every Sunday on their own YouTube channel, they will be dropping new matches and new content for all the fans of Reality Wrestling and Pro Wrestling alike. Hell yeah, man. Oh, yeah. I'm super excited. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Of course, official row at Twitter and Instagram for the reality of wrestling. You can also find them on Facebook as well. Hurricane Pro. Find them at official pro, uh, Hurricane uh, on Instagram and Twitter. Wildcat Sports. Of course, Wildcat 
Can't count them out at all. They got brand new content that they drop each and every week as well. In fact, the last match that they dropped was Jace Valor versus Buku Dao, which is a really good singles match. Go out of your way to watch that match and other matches from Wildcat. Wildcatsports.com is the website. My boy Mick Drake, at Mick Drake on Instagram, getting ready to drop a stellar podcast. I'm very much looking forward to it. And last but not least, my own personal social media, at rdbear Five seven on Twitter and Instagram, Ruthless Ryan Davidson on Facebook and YouTube. Moving forward, let's get into... Yeah, man, let's get into the book of the week. This book right here um, is one of my personal favorites. Uh, I would put it in the top 10 uh, as far as some of the best books that I've read, especially over the past couple of years. I really, really have. And just to give you a little taste, this book has been on the New York Times bestseller list for over a decade. Uh, there's had It's been almost 9 million copies sold in the U.S., and it's been translated into 46 languages worldwide. I mean, this book is a, a must-have for anyone that's just trying to improve any kind of happiness, any kind of qualities in life. And the book I'm talking about is called The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. I actually recommended this book to my buddy Mick Drake, and he reads books like crazy. He probably reads at least one or two books a week, no joke. And he hit me up and he goes, man, this book is phenomenal. And rightfully so, because it is. And now on Amazon, you can get the paperback or the Kindle version for less than $7. There's really no excuse. You want a book that's really going to change your perspective on things, try and find you more happiness, just a good, simple read that can go ahead and boost the quality of your life. Please go ahead and check out The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. Of course, I will have a link from the Amazon in the show notes from the Amazon. <laughs> I'll have a link from Amazon into the show notes. There we go. And I'm very much uh, looking forward to people checking out that book. With that being said, let's get into some pro wrestling. You're talking to the Rolex wearing, diamond ring wearing, kiss stealing, woo, wheeling, dealing, limousine riding, jet flying, Son of a gun, and I'm having a hard time holding these alligators down. Woo! Man, who doesn't love some Ric Flair, man? <laughs> Golly, just even hearing that quote just makes me just want to get in a ring like right now, man. Ooh, yeah. Like right now. But anyways, moving forward, match of the week. This has been a recommendation by my guest today, Chris Russo. And I'll be honest with you, uh, I Chris Russo has some really good taste in pro wrestling. But this was a match that he recommended that I was a little surprised because I had no idea that he uh, had was so knowledgeable in this style of pro wrestling. And these two individuals that are in this match, I've seen them in multiple tags and other six-mans and other singles matches, but up to this point, I've never seen them in a singles match actually against each other. And who am I talking about? I'm talking about Toshiaki Kawada versus Gary Albright, October 25th, 1995. This match is a little less than 20 minutes, but man, it is a roller coaster ride of competition. I mean, the crowd is electric. These two guys are super aggressive. If anybody knows anything about Gary Albright and pro wrestling, this is a guy that will literally, without hesitation, pick you up and throw you into the second row. And as far as Kawada goes, 
goes. He's probably one of the most dominant and aggressive performers, wrestlers, competitors of all time. Not just in Japanese wrestling, but in all of pro wrestling. Some of his matches with Masawa, the rivalry, it will stand the test of time. But like I said, match of the week, recommended by the one and only Chris Russo, is Toshiaki Kawada versus Gary Albright. Uh, found this match on Daily Motion. I'm going to put the link, obviously, in the show notes. So go ahead and check it out. Make sure to be, <laughs> make sure to strap in, man, because it's one hell of a match. And also, of course, yeah, man, I had a little bit of delay. I got to work on that one. Anyways, sound of that is video games. So yeah, Chris Russo, being the gamer that he is, he also recommended a video game of the week. And this game just came out recently for the PlayStation Four. I myself have yet to play this game, but I'm very much looking forward to totally getting some free time to where I can go in and out of my way to purchase this game and play it. And what am I talking about? I'm talking about The Last of Us 2. The Last of Us 2 video game recommendation by Chris Russo. Um, I have heard through a lot of different people on social media that this game is amazing. Uh, if it's any it's, it's any good as the first Last of Us game that dropped a few years back, then I am then it's totally going to live up to the hype, man. It really, really is. And I'm very much looking forward to playing that game. So there's your book, there's your match, and there's your video game of the week. All recommendations by Chris Russo. And with that being said, let's get this underway. Part one of my sit-down interview with Chris Russo happens right now. Never knew a la 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 a la like this. Gotta be something for me to write this. Queen, I ain't seen you in a minute. Wrote this letter and finally decided to send it. Signed, sealed, delivered for us to grow together. Love has no limit. Let's spin a slow forever. I know your heart is weathered by what studs did to you. I ain't gonna saw them because I probably did it too. Because of you feelings, I handle with care. Some recognize your life, but they can't handle the glare. You know I ain't the type to walk around with matching shirts A relationship is effort, I will match your work I wanna be the one to make you happiest and hurt you the most They say the end is near, it's important that we close To the most high, regardless of what happened on him, let's rely All right, I had to let that play through. I had to let that flow. I had to let that go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Leisure and Larry's podcast. That song right there, Common Light, is not just a good song for me. It's it's a good song for so many, but more importantly, it's it's the favorite song of my guest. Finally, after all this procrastination and stubbornness on my part, that I finally have the one. The only, one of my best buddies in the pro wrestling biz, one of my favorite road partners of all time, former NXT announcer, commentator, trainer at Row. that's reality of wrestling, the guy that pretty much almost popped a testicle making the intro of this podcast just because he's so talented, ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, 
Chris Russo. What's up, baby? You got beep, 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 beep. God, I love that, man. Anytime I get DJ Funk Master Flex sound effects, forget your intro. You didn't even need to say any of that. I just needed that, and then we would have been good to go. Buddy, you know, I'll tell you this, man. I, you know, I, I fell in love with that club horn so much that I'm just sitting there and I'm catching myself because, like, here we are on episode 11. This is part one of a two part interview with you. I'm, dude, I'm so fucking ecstatic to do this and it was one of those things of like going up through all these episodes i'm like yeah club horn yeah club horn there's gonna be somebody listening to this it's like look i love you ryan but if you play that fucking horn one more time (laughs) set them up and you knock them down but anyway i appreciate that and i appreciate you playing uh common there to 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 intro us in man i love that the sample from that from bobby caldwell back in the day I mean, anything that has to do with Common, anything that has to do with Jay Dilla, rest in peace. I mean, I am all about. So we are kicking this off on a very good note. You got me so hyped up. Great intro. Great song, man. This is this is going to be great. I'm, I'm really looking forward. I'm excited. I, I've loved what you've put out right now in the first 10 episodes, and I'm really excited for the next two here to, you know, let's just kind of uh, have some fun, right? Like you said, let's let's enjoy. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm talking about, baby. That's what it's all about. Just some fucking, just some fun. Just also, uh, words of the wise before we get into like the background and, and just the upbringings of one Chris Russo and how we became such good buddies and everything. Because we're going to get into so much stuff. We're going to talk about road trip shenanigans. We're going to talk about why pro wrestling Chris Russo. Why we're going to talk about his NXT stint. Everybody knows some Dusty Rhodes experiences and memories that he has. Not only with Dusty Rhodes, but Dr. Tom, Norman Smiley. The list goes on and on. And then, of course, we're going to get into some reality of wrestling because that's our turf. This is what we're dealing with right now in Houston, Texas, plus how things have been affected by COVID-19 and everything else, man. So I'm super down and all excited about this interview, but I've already said that like three fucking times. So let's get this thing underway, baby. So let's do it. So do it. First things first, man. Uh, how are you doing in the midst of obviously this pandemic that we all got going on right now? We're recording now on a late Friday night in the middle of July. So with that being said, how are things in the life of Chris Russo? Actually, you know, I am blessed, lucky, you know, whatever word terminology you want to use in this situation, I know that it is a challenge for so many, right? Uh, uh, either they, they've been affected by the virus themselves, someone close to them, friends, family, uh, and either directly with that or indirectly with, with work or whatever the case. And, and I'm not trying to make it light or anything of the sort with, you know, the, the, there are challenges that are going on right now, but I am lucky, blessed, uh, thankful that not only am I healthy, my family is healthy, uh, but, you know, the, the stuff that I do, my nine to five, working in boring old IT. Uh, Shout out like to some that. IT, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some fucking, we got some nerds on this podcast. Hey, Hell I yeah. love it. I but love you make it. way more money than computers, I do. So. <laughs> hey, listen, it has been it has been a blessing for me. I mean, yeah, work man. has been great, very busy, but very, very lucrative, very successful. Uh, for me. So overall, you know, it's trying to stay as positive as possible. You're cooped up, you know, you're, you're kind of in this, in this, in this hamster wheel day in and day out. Right. And it's not like you can do a whole lot to, to, to vary from the norm. Right. You know, because you're at home, you're quarantining, but you, you just have to, you know, make the best of those situations. And, and I'm just, again, thankful and lucky that I'm just in a little bit of a better position 
uh, right now, all things considered. So thanks for asking. Yeah, man, not a problem. And I, I think that was the biggest thing too, man, is that despite uh, people's situations and things like that, because everybody's got so many different stories, man, it's all about gratitude and just trying to find it little or small, man. You know, it, it could be, you know, it could be just basically just being grateful that you can go and fill up your car for gas, man, or we yeah. can be on this Zoom call doing a podcast. <laughs> Because I've been so fucking stubborn. I've been so stubborn. And this is why it took me so long. Because, like, I'm not going to lie to you, man. Like, doing an episode by myself, like, three, four of them in a row. row and yeah. I'm sitting there like, all right, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have guests. I'm going to have guests. I'm going to have guests. And, like, I'm sitting there thinking to myself going, man, just I want to sit down. I want to lo- look at you in the face. I want to I want to smell your breath. But, really, I can't because COVID-19, that's how you get it, right? And so, Ryan, just just admit it. You miss my must. I miss Come I fucking I miss that must, man. Yeah, I, miss yeah. it. I missed it, bro. But, no, but it, it was totally my fault, and that was the thing. And I didn't read the room because I talked about on, on the previous episodes about reading the room being transparent being open i wasn't being transparent enough to realize my surroundings and go hey why don't i just kind of go ahead and put my ego get out of my own way cut the shit be use uh, technology since we're it geeks to my advantage and just go hey man i'm gonna zoom call with my good buddy cruz russo and other guests that i'm gonna have lined up in the future but let me tell you something man like my first guest was mysterious q it was awesome one of my best friends, but like you're my second guest on my podcast and there's so much passion, let alone the fact that like, bro, I know that as good as it was with Q, I know things are going to keep getting better and better and better and better. And so for you to be on this podcast, man, it's super fucking cool. I appreciate it. Everything else. And I'm glad things are going well for you now. With that being said, let's get to the brass tacks because a lot of people be like, all right, you guys are friends. That's great. Everything's cool. <laughs> but, uh, we, uh, you know, how'd you guys meet? What's the deal? I sound like we're a married couple in ways we kind of are, especially as much as long as we've been on the road together going all these different shows in Tulsa and Louisiana oh, yeah. and all oh, over Texas oh, and everything else. So Chris Russo. Uh, and I'll, I'll speak my little, my little piece and then I'll let you take it over. Cause it's kind of funny how we met. Oh yeah. Um, so when reality wrestling first got into the world gym arena, the Booker T world gym arena, they, we basically did this huge meeting greet. And now if there's anything I say Russo and you want to like add to it before I like, obviously let you take over the reins and explain your side of things. Um, if there's anything, I'm no, gonna I want to, I want to, I want to hear your interpretation. Okay. I always like hearing right. someone else's interpretation right. so here's, here's, of, of, of eventually I know. I know, the, I know what the punchline is going to be, but I just love to hear it. So let's go ahead. Go well, ahead. See, here's the here's the thing. So we do this meet and greet because uh, story be told that like we originally tried to, I believe it was January of 2016. Yeah. Or 20, okay, 2016. Uh, 16. So 16. 2016, we were going to start 2016 off, brand new building, everything else. Uh, you know, there's so many people, everybody on the roster, book, myself, everyone, we're all like, we literally built the World Gym Arena, like breaking down the walls, paint, painting the floors, taking all the glue and adhesive off, which that was a pain in the ass. Ripping this, up the carpet. Don't forget carpet. all that. Oh my God. Asbestos probably yeah. everywhere. And how, how you know, we're, no one's immune to COVID by dealing with that experience is beyond me. But dealing with all these things, practically building the, the World Gym Arena basically by hand. Uh, unfortunately, we did not, uh, the, the building did not pass fire code and it did not pass a couple of other uh, inspections to run that show in January. We end up running it in February, but to make up for the fact that we didn't have a show in January of 2016, Booker decided that we're going to do this big, like, 
press conference style meet and greet to kind of hype up things because that show it was me and Q in the main event steel cage match you know all this other stuff it was a bunch I think Rex Rex had a big match on there Abel Andrew Jackson a lot of other different people so the funny thing was is that we're all at this meet and greet and like Rob Van Dam's there Booker T's there we're all there we're all hanging out and all of a sudden I get I get like approached by a couple of people from the roster and they're like yo man there's this like like weird looking dude in a suit that's like over here like asking a bunch of questions about reality and wrestling like do you know who this guy is and i look over and this clean-cut gentleman god forbid that you act like a professional around professional wrestling <laughs> is the one and only cruz russo so everybody's going like do you know this guy do you know who he is because you know passive aggressiveness runs rampant through pro wrestling and uh, i sat there and i was like well I don't know. I guess I'm going to do what maybe the two or three of you should have done. And I'm just going to go over there and introduce myself and see what this guy's all about. Sure as shit. I go over there, shake your hand, introduce myself. And right within the first 20 seconds of talking to you, I'm like, this guy is a pro. This guy is a, a man's man, a gentleman's gentleman. And now that I've involved in wrestling, that was the other thing. I'm like, man, I'm so glad that, you are, that you're a part of the world of pro wrestling. And then the other part of me is like, well, dude, you're too professional to be a part of pro wrestling. <laughs> so, I mean, flat out. <laughs> but that was my experience of my first introduction to you. So now with that being said, what was your take on everything? Well, it, it's... It, it... <clears throat> I think about uh, three, four weeks before that, I actually called up Booker T himself, or I called the number on the website. And at the time, Booker T was the one answering the phone, go figure. Mm -hmm. And I introduced myself to him and expressed interest in, in wanting to come down and be a part in any way, shape or form. Um, and actually visited him when he was at his office at the old location there up on Winkler. And we actually spoke for about 20, 30 minutes. It was pouring rain. I remember that night very vividly. You know, he, he had asked if, you know, if I had any material and I showed him some old FCW clips of myself and Byron Saxton. And, you know, he had been doing stuff with Byron. Of course, he knows him from WWE. Right. And we bonded really well because he's very much that old school mentality. I'll never forget that first conversation was, you know, it was all about the seriousness of pro wrestling insofar as there's a difference between being a play wrestler and being a pro wrestler, um, and, and I've heard that quite a lot in my Absolutely. In, in my years of, of doing this. And, and so I think I'd like to think that at least I kind of passed the smell test, if you will, from Booker <laughs> and said, yeah, definitely, you know, come on by for the show that we're about to have at the end of the, at the end of January. And, of course, then that was the issue. So here I am in a suit, a tie, right? And everybody else is, is, is very much not in a suit and tie because they're busy Bro. setting up this stuff for this meet and greet. And yeah. here I am sticking out like a, like, you know, sticking out like a sore thumb and, and, and definitely, you know, people are kind of giving you the stink eye, the side eye, like, who is this? What is this? And, and, you know, you always have to play that game. Anytime you go into a new environment, especially one that's very, you know, very uh, well-established, right? People that are there, it's not some loosey goosey place. I mean, reality of wrestling, it's, there's name, there's, 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 you know, there are people that has, a name and longevity to it. So you can't just roll up and just act like you, you, your, your, your shit don't stink. So right. that's why I definitely, you know, I learned a lot. I made a lot of mistakes in other places, uh, you know, knowing to be very cognizant and mindful of what you say, what you do, what, you know, 
verbal, nonverbal communication. So I really want to be on my best behavior. And sometimes that does stick out like a sore thumb and, and you're right. So I, I definitely can understand that. I knew that it was like, Oh, who is this guy? But I'm right. glad that it worked out, you know, glad, you know, over the years to be able to kind of, you know, don't just be about it. You know, don't just say about it, be about it. Right. And to have that opportunity to continue to be a, a small part of the reality wrestling. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah, man. You know, I, I think um, I, I think what you just said right there is some very solid advice for any kind of like young wrestlers walking into a very weird, unknown territory and environment uh, on the sole fact of just like, man, it's a scary situation, you know, and, and especially with the uncertainty and everything. And you handled it and passed it with flying colors because in a land of fanny packs and Pokemon shirts, you're a guy that went up and dressed up in a suit and a tie and everything else and went ahead and put on your charm, acted professional. And with that being said, it's a lot of those, those standards. It's a lot of those, um, those qualities that you have that can really get you far and beyond inside the wrestling business. And that was something that I definitely appreciated, man, because once again, it's like, and I'm not trying to knock anybody or anything like that, but the thing was is that you put your best step, you put, excuse me, you put your best foot forward. You knew exactly what you wanted. You knew exactly how to get there. You put the action in because a lot of people, man, it was like, you know, going back to the interview with Q, it's like not knocking him, but understanding. It was like, all right, well, I'm going to just drive by the building. All right, a week later, then I'm going to go up to the front door. All right, the next week, then I'm actually going to walk into the building. You know what I mean? And you actually went, got on the phone with Booker T, which I wonder if it was like this. <laughs> what, what, what'd you say, Nutchuck? <laughs> Spice Adams, my favorite, my favorite. Thank you. And that's a for show right on. That's a for show right on. So I don't know. That if is it was a like, for show right hey, on. Hey man, I don't know if it was like talking a book like that on the phone, but that's awesome. But you know, that was one thing with book too. Like he would always sell that, and I'm glad he said that's you to where it's like difference of being playing wrestler and actually being a pro wrestler and taking that type of seriousness and that mindset, not only just if you're inside the ring, but also outside the ring as well, man. You know what I mean? And uh, from that moment, like I said, when I met you at that meet and greet, you know, where it was like, I think we had pizzas and beer, you know, I think yep. we were told it was yep. like, oh, we're going to get catering and this, that, whatever. And that was outside of anyone from reality wrestling. I think that was the actual building management was like, we're going to take care of catering. And it was just beer and pizza. But hey, right on. You can't, you can't get too raffy. <laughs> <laughs> no, in any kind of like pro wrestling. Stop <laughs> it. Raffy and things. A little inside joke, but moving right along, we're going to get to the fact of you just pretty much putting your footprint into reality of wrestling and all these different things and talking about, uh, you know, the timeline that you've been involved with reality wrestling. But what I want to get to first, I want to backtrack just a little bit. So before reality of wrestling, Chris Russo, like, bro, where exactly are you born and raised? Did you attend college? Did you have some education? Why pro wrestling? And what got you started in <laughs> pro wrestling in the first place? So very, I, I don't like to go into long bad jobs. I really don't because it's, it's not, it's, it's not so much the small details, right? It's about the fun things, the stories, the journey and Absolutely. that come along with it, but, Absolutely. but to set the stage, right? So from DC, born and raised in DC, spent my whole life there, went to school, um, I'd like to say the James Madison University. Everyone likes to put the shout out. Everything. I did. I did that for you. I Thank did you. that for you. Thank you, <laughs> national foot uh, two-time national football champions, but that, James Madison Dukes in the FCS. Yeah. Oh, right on. You get one of That's those too. Right. The real, the real playoff football playoffs. Oh wow. Know, real. Met, yes. Oh bang, yes. Bang, I'm going bang. There. <laughs> I'll get a I'm bang, going bang there. sound clip. As, um, as in, anyways. 
But for, uh, I knew that I wanted to, so I knew I wanted to do two things. I, I, let me take this up. I worked in radio while I was at, J- at JMU. I actually worked at Clear Channel. I was actually mm. a, a weekend uh, a broadcaster for their local rock station. And it was during that time that uh, there was a particular wrestling promotion that would actually advertise and run shows in the Shenandoah Valley. Uh, headlined or the promoter was a man by the name of Marvin Ward. For those of you who really know your wrestling, I mean, he was a guy that, you know, did promoting over there, but um, you know, he always ended up being able to bring some names and, and run some shows over there and uh, was always looking for uh, a ring announcer. And I had grown up watching wrestling. I was a, I was a product of the Monday night wars. Mm. Um, you know, I grew I loved it. Um, and I never grew out of it. I really enjoyed it all the way through high school and into college and, and actually got to do some ring announcing for a few years for this guy. Every time he came in and maybe three, four times a year, um, moved to Florida so that I could actually get my uh, graduate degree to get my MBA and wanted to be in Florida. And while I was in Florida, my girlfriend at the time was going to school with someone who was a referee for AFA, the Wild Samoans wrestling promotion in Mineola, Florida, Central Florida. And she knew that I loved wrestling, got me connected with him. And then I got connected with AFA and we affectionately call him Pops. And still runs a school down there, albeit it's been closed here since COVID. Um, But he has been a mentor to so many superstars that you have heard of from back in the day. For anybody that knows anything about wrestling, certainly you've heard of names like Batista. You've heard of names like Bam Bam Bigelow. You've heard of names like Billy Kidman. You've heard of names like Chris Canyon. The list really goes on and on and on of the people that have gone through his, his promotions first in Pennsylvania, and then he moved down to Florida. So I actually trained with him. I learned, I trained as a wrestler, even though I knew I didn't really want to do that. I knew where my strengths were. I wanted to train. I wanted to learn. I wanted to learn everything that I could about wrestling, because I think, you know, you talk about really good pieces of advice for everybody. If you want it to, to, my mindset is, is if that you want to get yourself involved with something, especially if you really like it or you love it, right. throw yourself into it, throw your, go into the deep end and learn everything that you possibly can and make yourself as valuable and as dangerous really as possible. Great, and great advice. That was my mentality. Great advice. And so I went through the whole process, got trained and, you know, and, and so where this leads from here was was working as a as a commentator and a ring announcer for Pops for about two years. And because of his connections that he has in the office at the time, Johnny Ace was the head of talent relations who Pops ended up training back in the day and had a very good relationship with him. Michael Hayes has a very good relationship with Alpha. They they, you know, were on the road together now there was a lot of communication and it was really honestly Ryan being at the right place at the right time. And we talk about perseverance and persistence. This is where I'm going to end to get you know, the, to the next part of the story here. I had the opportunity to go to a couple of TV tapings for quote unquote tryouts, but there's not really tryouts for anyone that is as far as a commentator goes, at least not back then. Right. Very true. Uh, but I would go to TV. I made myself visible Johnny Ace eventually sent me down to the developmental down in Tampa at the time, Florida Championship Wrestling, to do um, some of their local, their house shows, their non-televised, just their shows that they ran every week. Only one of them a month was recorded. The other three were not. Mm. So I did those, one of those kind of dark shows, if you will, and for it. But what happened was 
I went from my last TV uh, audition to getting hired took a, an entire year. Wow. It wasn't, I did it. And then they hired me right after yeah. the feedback that I got from the head of, of or the head of, uh, gentleman by the name of Ty Bailey, who is, who was sort of the guy that would bring aboard mental kept saying, please contact me every week. I'll let you know good, bad, or ugly. If there's any developments, any movements, but you know, reach out. And I reached out to him every Friday called emailed every week. So we're talking over 50, 52 times what's going on. And sometimes he wouldn't pick up other times. I've got nothing for you yet. It's this perseverance, it's persistence, knowing that I would at least be good enough for that opportunity, that shot. And it was just that persistence. And finally, I, when I, I got a call from him that says, Hey, I think we've got something for you. Just stay tuned sometime next week. You may hear something next week, get a call from Johnny Hayes and the rest, you know, takes us to the next one. So it was a whirlwind. Let's just put it that way. Two years of just intense training in every way, shape or form. And immediately from there to go on to the big, bad WWE. It's, (laughs) I mean, when you look back on it, this, how many years a lot of people put in for just a shot. I mean, I look, there's no other way other than saying again, lucky blessed. I mean, that seems to be the, well, I mean, story here. I mean, the, the thing is, though, is that, yeah, you, the luck and, and being blessed and everything, it definitely plays a part into it. But the basically the all the info that you went ahead and just bestowed on everybody here on this podcast, including myself, is there's the power of persistence, the power of consistency, knowing exactly what you want, let alone the fact of just like, I mean, you obviously being in a sales background, things of that nature. I was always told that like. You know, out of a hundred calls, if if you literally get through to a client twenty percent of the time, like that's a major success. Thirty oh yeah. percent, you're a god. That's thirty calls out of a hundred, and so many pro wrestlers and people in life, you know, they might try once, twice maybe three times and go, oh, it's never going to work. You tried every Friday for a year. Like, just knew that, like, no matter what, like, look, man, it's momentum. It's one times two times three times five times a hundred. It's the power. It's the compound effect. It's it's just building that momentum of someone's going to look at me some way, come hell or high water, because it doesn't matter if it's three thousand times zero. The moment that you stop calling, it's zero. It's done. That's right. You know what I mean? And then the fact that you realized that and applied that, like that dude that's so fucking powerful, excuse my language, even though it's my podcast, whatever, but it's just the fact that like you just, you persevered and just came through because you knew exactly what you were going to do. And once again, like, you know, people think that like if you fall under this umbrella of like, okay, I got trained by, you know, by Pops, by Offa, or I got trained by so-and-so or Booker T or whatever, you think that people automatically think like oh just because i'm painted with that brush that's, that's automatically going to give me a pedestal and to get it looked not right, necessarily right. at all like that's a foot and a door in the right direction but that's not the actual road that could be that that road could lead to other different things but you have to be the one to go through that and you did and you persevered through all these different things did the calls did the connections work your angles work you know provided value show that you could provide value had the background that you did through college, and now Chris Russo's at NXT, baby, or FCW, uh, I should say. Not NXT yet. You were at FCW. So first day there, going on in, 
take it over from here. Oh my God. Like what was, was, what was the feeling like, man? Like they got it. Okay, great. Johnny Ace gives you the green light. Here you go. You're starting to FCW. It was so look, everything back then. I mean, look for the people that uh, have seen the FCW documentary on the WWE network. Yes. I mean, when they talk about that, it was, you know, a warehouse, there wasn't as much, uh, um, process that was involved like it is today if you get hired you go down to the performance center everything gets kind of spelled out for you your expectations it was just hey when do you want to show up right like i had to go i still had to go to pennsylvania to get my you know concussion test my physical test i still had to get all the tests like all the even even as even as a commentator when you want to start you know uh it was it was it when I rolled up again, this is where, you know, I had a lot, of, I learned a lot of things and I screwed up a lot. I had no idea that I was coming in on a show day. Right. I walk in, there is a, there is the, the production meeting going on. Dusty Rhodes, head of the table with all the people, the production, the commentators, the camera guys, the producers. Here I am. I'm in, I'm in, what an idiot. I am in a polo shirt and sports shorts <laughs> and flip <laughs> And and Dusty was like, oh, Nathan, I I heard about you, Ruth, and and he met me from the the tapings that I was doing as as the auditions. Oh my! So he knew who I was, and he knew that I was coming down. He's like, oh, listen, take a seat over here. Hold on, stop, stop for a split second. This is the one thing I wanted to say, and it kind of jumbled with the zoom, and I wouldn't try to cut you off. But one thing that I never knew was, even as a commentator, broadcaster, announcer, you still had to go to Pennsylvania and get concussion tests and get all all those different things. You like, because I only thought. To me, and I think a lot of people thought that, that, that thought that was only for in-ring competitors, and you still had to do that. It's a talent contract. Anybody that's in front of the camera, referees, commentators, ring announcers, anybody that's got a role in front of the camera is considered a talent. You sign a talent contract. Interesting. So, Makes sense. So I, Makes I, sense. I got drug tested. Hey, there you okay. go. Okay. Uh, so you're treated Don't very you much. Don't be partying, bro. <laughs> <role."> <laughs> I know. I know, right? You just you got to be careful, bro. got to be careful. Uh, so, yeah. So, so. That that kind of got me, I think, a little bit of heat. In fact, I don't think I Boards, know that board it did. shorts and, and a polo shirt in front of Dusty Rhodes and the elites of FCW that all the figureheads that are running the ship. But again, I didn't know. Like that was not what was right. you know. It's not like they said you're going to be coming in on a on a show day with the production. So that's <laughs> pretty much my first day there. Uh, I get thrown on TV wow. right right away. Hey, they're going to throw go. you right in the fire. So. No problems. That's exactly what happened. And and so that whole year, FCW, and then as it started to transition into the NXT that we all know and love from Full Sail, it was an incredible learning experience. There was a lot of good. And I'll tell you, Ron, a lot of bad where I'm glad I learned a lot of things. Uh, I just wish it wasn't, you know, that learning on the job, you know, where I, you know, there were, there were times where and, you know, there's definitely stories that I'm, I'm happy to share and, and I will share, but, you know, just to kind of set the, set the tone, it was fantastic. I'm down. And, and just like the, the story with, um, with that you were mentioning about uh, coming to reality wrestling, everyone giving me the side eye, like, who is this guy? Right. Right. Look, my last name Russo, here I am clean cut guy. Uh, everyone, you know, after I finally got myself, you know, comfortable, they got, you know, they, they knew who I was. They're like, we all thought you were from the office. Y'all, we all thought you were a stooge. 
here to spy oh, on us. Wow. And, oh, geez. Um, you know, oh, man. so I got off without knowing, right? You don't even know this stuff and you're already getting heat. You're already getting people talking, you know, everything is just under the microscope. They think they're coming after, you know, you're coming after their job or that you're going to help, you know, you're going to be a, a reason why they get fired. So it was a challenge. And I was so oblivious to this. Right. You know, no one well, you gave you, you a gun. You, you can't blame yourself for that, though, let alone the fact that, like, up to that point, and we're going to get to this in a second, that, like, you know, you got molded, you got smartened up, as we like to say, into the business and everything like that. But also, at the same time, it's like, you know, it, it's good that you're recognizing that, yeah, there were some, some mistakes were made, and we can go back and say, oh, man, I was so dumb to walk in with this and that, what have you. But also, at the same time, you got to give yourself some credit that, regardless of the mistakes you made, you learned how to adapt on the fly and keep going. And a lot of times, I don't think that gets preached enough, not only just in pro wrestling, but just in life. A lot of people would like to play the victim and just say, oh, well, I had this and I had that happen and I didn't know and this, that, whatever. Yeah, those things could be true and things are unfair, but this is an unfair life and you got to make the best of it, learn to adapt and go. And that's exactly what you did. So moving right along and forward, we need to talk about some of these guys, these figureheads that pretty much molded you into the guy, the professional that you are today. First things first, I got to talk about... That looks so good. Let me tell you something now. <laughs> I'm going to tell you one time, you cannot beat my prices. <laughs> but you sure can't beat my music. That's right, baby. The one and the only, the American dream, Dusty Rose. That's actually like my favorite sound clip <laughs> ever. I mean, I could I could have played Hard Times. I could have played the Kabuki promo that you love so much. Oh, for that's whatever my favorite. Reason. That's my favorite. I thought, I thought about playing that, but it was just like so slow tempoed. I was like, nah, let me give you something. I'm going to pop myself, whatever. But anyways, you know, the American dream, Dusty Rhodes, you worked right alongside with Dusty. And there's so many different FCW, NXT stars, basically all of the WWE uh, staff, whether it's roster mm-hmm. members, whatever, the staff was just so impacted, let alone the wrestling fans. The wrestling world was impacted by Dusty Rhodes. And it wasn't just him. I mean, you uh, you told me uh, Norman Smiley and Dr. Tom, just to name, name a few. So with that being said, to go ahead and set that up for you to knock it out the park, tell me, man, what were your experiences working with guys that were just such legends and such big influencers in the world of pro wrestling i i think i'm going to start with this which is actually my kind of big regret which is the fact that i did not want to be the quote-unquote mark working there at all listen baby don't want to be a mock oh yeah uh i like i i wanted i took the job the role so seriously and i never wanted to even give a whiff of me like still wanting to you know, to learn, like to, to be more of a fan at the appropriate times that like, I, 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 if I could go back, I think my biggest regret is that I wish that I could have pulled more out mm. from people like Dusty, from people like well, what do you mean? Tom. What do you mean by pull, pull more out? Like wh- explain that for a second. Like learn, you know, ask questions about things that, for example, Dusty had done or like what his thought process is around something like this. You know, sometimes, you know, you don't want, you don't want to come off like you're, you're trying to be too nosy or you're, you're like, I didn't want to feel like I was a bother sometimes for people because look, there's, there are things to do. You know, I had to do a lot of supporting myself and my, my, my other fellow backstage guy, Rob Naylor. We did so much running around, you know, completing things for both the office, for the trainers, what needed to be done, did a lot of work behind the scenes to help keep FCW going. And that involved a lot of work to help 
the things that Dusty needed for things like the promo classes, the art of communication classes, mm. and things that he needed to prepare and provide for the powers that be up in Stanford. Right. So I didn't always, I didn't, every now and then, if there was a, a period of time, maybe I'd ask him about, you know, a particular promo or, you know, why, he, you know, how he made certain decisions as a booker for things. So I, I was really interested, but I never wanted to do it too much to look like, you know, like, I, I'm, again, I'm a, too much of a fan or too much of Mark. And I think that may have been the wrong way to look at it because right. I really wanted to learn. Right. But that's what I'm saying that that was my regret is that I didn't, I didn't pick the brains enough because I had such access to these guys. Right. But I didn't want to come off, you know, again, too much like a, in my head, like a mark. And I think that was a mistake. No, and that was a regret. I, I feel you in, in, and I see both sides to it as well. Like I really do, because I mean, obviously, you know, we always get embedded into our head where it's like, hey, you know, always act like a pro in and out of the ring. You know, treat yourself like this is like, these are your coworkers. These are your peers. It's a job. It's you my know, it's job. job it's right? My job. job. My job is to do the things that are asked of me. Right. So if I start going out asking a whole bunch of questions or anything, it would make me feel like, well, wait a second. That's not my job. My job is not to pick brains. My job is to, you know, do what I need to do. Right. No, abso right? absolutely. And you're absolutely right about that because I can totally see that side and everything like that because especially once again, you walking in, catching heat where you really didn't know you were catching heat and all these other things like having that experience right off the bat like I can totally see how like you were very uh, apprehensive to like ask certain things or whatever because you just didn't want to catch more heat or anything like that so I exactly would, right so I exactly would, I would you know the only thing I would say is on the fact of that is like I completely understand where you're coming from also at the same time like just you know recognizing the fact that like you you did well for what you had let alone the fact like i know you said like i regret it things of that nature and right that obviously might be true but also at the same time man it's like i think looking back on it too and you know this probably more than anybody and i think this is a lesson for a lot of men and women that are in the back like if you really just truly just be yourself and really just regardless of just like not to say that you didn't, but just more of the fact of like instead of worrying too much about the uh, about the what ifs of the uh, oh man I hope I don't do this or hope I do th don't do that or anything like that. It's like you never know what kind of knowledge or what you can get or gather out of a conversation that you can have with somebody, especially with someone that you look up to. And you told me a lot of times on these on these private car rides and stuff like that that you've had like a lot of memories from from Dusty and Doctor Tom and stuff like that that they've helped you out so much. And you did ask those questions and stuff like that. And I understand where you're coming from as far as you wish you could have done that and wish you could have done this and and I totally I totally get it but also at the same time I think you made the right call for the yeah. most part because you were I being did. a pro. I don't have any regrets of of all the, the the tough lessons I've learned and the things that have happened good bad or ugly over there. I think my one regret is I wish I had just captured a little bit more because you know I can't <laughs> I can't see Dusty again. Right. right. I can't go back and, and, yeah. and, 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 and replay that or, 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 you know, ask him now. Right. And, and th those, 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 those times are important, right. Because everything's so fleeting, you know, here one day and gone tomorrow, tomorrow. So I think that was my, but to answer your original question, to, you know, I, I do, I, I'm, I love the amount of positive being in that environment where you are surrounded by such talented people. Oh man. I can't Not just imagine. the trainers. Oh my gosh. Dr. Tom and Afa are the two most influential people in my life in far, as far as pro wrestling goes. The life lessons that Dr. Tom takes the time with people to help them understand if there are challenges, help them kind of get over mental uh, barriers or roadblocks. 
because Doc has seen it all. Those are you, you have the greatest creative mind in the history of pro wrestling in Dusty Rhodes, and he is there and he is available, right? right? Those those art of communications classes, those promo classes that he ran, just unbelievable. The the feedback and the advice and the information that he. I, I personally, I would have personally then, done anything to be a fly on the wall of any of those art oh, communications man. classes. Oh, I, I, just can't even, I can't even tell you, man. Can't even tell you. And, and then just hearing his feedback from that in the in the office room, you know, after the stuff, you know, so hearing kind of even more unfiltered feedback about what he saw and what his thoughts, just so much knowledge that just flows in that you're just gathering by osmosis. It's just in there. It's just right. absorbed. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I learned so much. Yeah. And then you have guests and then you're talking about other trainers. Like Ricky Steamboat was a trainer there. Joey Mercury was a trainer there. Uh, 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 Steven, uh, William Regal, Steven Regal, William Regal uh, coming down right. very often. He was a three, a three a guest, talents a, right there that have just completely influenced. That's any, it. If anyone is a worker's worker, which is a, which is a good wrestler, a good in-ring technician, those three names right there, man, second to none when it comes to that style, when it comes to that, that whole paradigm, man, like that's man, that's incredible. And the talent that was down there as well. I mean, you cannot look all the guys that are on the top, middle and the top of the cards today. I mean, the vast majority of them are the guys that were there when I was there, right? The Seth Rollins of the world, the Cesaro's of the world, the, 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 the Xavier Woods and the Big E's of the world. They were the Bray Wyatt's. I mean, they were all down there and, and you're surrounded by just unbelievable talent that you, you know, you see it. Right. And it's, it was, and just like the documentary talked about, you know, there, there was not that exposure FCW. What the, who, who, what is FCW? Vince did not care. Vince McMahon didn't want to show his talent that was in developmental before they got onto TV. Cause he just thought that that just what that just didn't, it didn't compute. Like he didn't want a non-finished product, even though these guys, so many of them were ready to go. So when you're surrounded by that much talent, um, the car rides that you have with these guys uh, to and from the shows, right? Because, I also ring, ring announced for these shows when we would travel to these podunk little armories and things again that they talked about in the, in the documentary, right. you know, you go on these trips, you're, you're listening. It, it's just, it, it's a lot of fun, but you're absorbing so much knowledge from all the coaches uh, uh, and the talent and what an environment to be in. If you're a wrestling fan and you love, and you're you know good enough to be there. So you're, 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 you're learning as an employee and you're also kind of enjoying it as a wrestling fan. For me, it was, it was fantastic. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll pause here by just saying Norman Smiley said a quote that has always resonated and stuck with me, right? The job was very thankless, what I did in front of the camera, but certainly behind the camera. A lot of work that I did on behalf of the trainers, for the trainers, for the office, the things we had to do. I was putting in almost 80 to 90 hours every week. 80 wow. to 90 hours in six days. Wow. Six days. Wow. Okay. Um, but Norman will always say, if you do not absolutely love professional wrestling, it's the worst job in the world. Right. But I loved it. I loved it. Forget the fact that it, there was a lot of stress, that I lost some weight when I was doing it, that, uh, you know, it may not have been maybe the health, but, you know, and that's on me, right? Because I was just so focused on really wanting to do well. Right. Absolutely. At the end of the day, I, I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. And I always try to keep a positive mentality, no matter how much what's going on around and, 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 and there's a lot of times I'll, 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 I'm sorry, let me end with this. There's a, the, 
a lot of times in the WWE people, you always hear talk about, I have to walk on eggshells. Everyone walks on eggshells. Right? Yeah, you hear that a lot. Feathers. You hear that and, a lot. And, and to still be able to have a positive mentality about it, to try to do your best, um, to enjoy what you're doing, no matter how much of a slog it is, it is because of the fact of how passionate, how much I love professional wrestling um, that yeah, did not make that job suck. Because like Norman said, if I didn't love professional wrestling, it'd be the worst. And on top of that, not only did I do all that fun stuff, but I was lucky enough and helpful enough to help out Norman and Steve Kern with their night school, their night classes that they had, where yeah. they allowed people to pay to train, right? Like a school where everyone thought if I right, did that, I could right. get a contract. Right. I got to help train the guys that had never, ever stepped foot in a wrestling ring. So I did all my work during the day had to do the, you know, willingly and happily did this training, you know, as an assistant coach, quote unquote. Right. And then finish up the rest of the work, you know, 10, 11, 12 at night. And I was happy to do it because I just wanted to be so absorbed. That's that's so awesome, man. Let alone the fact that that was actually something that I was going to get into, man, because you want to talk about it like a jack of all trades. That's exactly what you were doing, because it wasn't just the backstage duties that you had to do. It wasn't just the on camera duties that you had to do as far as broadcasting, being a good communicator, uh, being a good commentator as well, ring announcing things of that nature. But all also, you were involved in night classes helping out Steve Kerman, and Norman Smiley with in-ring training. Chris Russo, yeah. jack of all trades, man. Like, that's, yeah. it's, dude, that's so paramount, man. And I think you said it best of what Norman told you, man. Like, I, I think the only thing that you could have done, well, really the two things that you did that basically got you through that was having that positive mindset which is backed up by passion, but also at the same time, man, it's just like just completely exposing yourself and knowing that you love pro wrestling and this is why you do it. Cause there might be some people listening to this going, dude, that is nuts what you just did. But once again, Norman told you, if you don't like, if you don't love pro wrestling, not like it, if you don't love pro wrestling, it'd be the worst job for you. And, Honestly, it was basically, I would like to say, and correct me if I'm wrong, it was a damn fine experience for you. It was. It was. And again, it's just how much I learned, not just life lessons, but I mean, especially for pro wrestling. And, and that's where, you know, everything since then has been for me. It's like, look, I have learned, at, I mean, relatively little in the grand scheme of pro wrestling, but I, I think I learned quite a little bit from people that have been super successful right. in what this is. And all I want to do is to help others, A, not make the same mistakes that I made, or at least help them understand that if you do this, you know, if you do X, Ys might end up happening, and this is why, and just be aware. But, you know, if I can't, if I can impart lessons about, hey, this is, you know, try taking a hip toss this way. This is how, you know, I've seen it two or three different ways. You should try this. This is why X, Y, and Z. Why not, right? right. We are, I want every, I want the, it's like uh, what a lot of people say about, you know, a passion or something, you know, a life that they live, but they want to leave this place wherever it is better than when they started. it. Absolutely. And that's the mentality I've had ever since, um, you know, uh, leaving, ever since uh, leaving the, the WWE. That's kind of been my mentality. I want to keep learning, but I also want to keep giving back. 
And we're definitely going to get into that and everything like that as far as like the departure and everything like that. But what I want to go over real quick uh, as far as um, like just everything that, you know, you basically described because you put in a lot, you basically just chatted about a lot. I mean, it wasn't just the fact that you were influenced, obviously, by the American Dream Dusty Rhodes, which I'm pretty sure everybody on this podcast would know who Dusty Rhodes is. If you don't, you've probably been living under a rock somewhere, as the old cliche goes. Uh, Norman Smiley, who is a journeyman wrestler that's wrestled all over the world, one of the best trainers on the planet one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet i've met him personally a couple of times and everything that's actually one of the trainers in nxt let alone the fact dr tom uh for people that don't know uh you know he's not an actual phd but he's a phd in pro wrestling i can tell you that let alone a good human being and i've been a part of some dr tom seminars clinics i've, I've met him personally last time i saw him was at uh the harley race uh clinic that I did, I believe in 2017, I want to mm-hmm. say 2016, mm-hmm. 2017. And, uh, and, and just such an influential person. Who's also the brother of Bruce Pritchard, who's a uh, WWE executive and things of that nature with all these guys that are in your corner with all these guys that are molding you. Let me ask you this before we get into the uh, departure of, of how things ended for you and everything like that. Dusty Rhodes, Norman Smiley, Dr. Tom, I know this might be an all over the place and uh, you know uh, question, and then you might just be like, "Oh man, give me a second, I don't know." But like, man, if you had to pick one, two, three, or maybe even five, great, great like advice or basically just life changing um, results that have happened from any of those gentlemen, please share. Yes, I've got one. I know this answer because it's the one that sticks with me. Awesome. And I'd like to tell a story about it to really kind of. Hell yeah, man, home. bro. We got time. This right. is. Hey. <laughs> you know what? Let me tell you something. If I'm a listener Love right it. now, I'm, I'm, look, it. I'm doing this podcast and I'm literally like zoned in on what you're saying because you have not only so much good info, but like, man, you're, you're naturally a great storyteller, which obviously comes from being a great communicator, which you being a great communicator means you're a great commentator and ring announcer. You know what I mean? Good broadcaster. Absolutely. So you're definitely Thank zoned you. me in. I know the listeners feel the exact same way. So with that being said, Go away, brother, as much time as you need. So I'll tell you what the quote is, which is the the piece of advice at the end. And it it was a piece of paper that was in the production room in my my little office area. It was printed out by Doc. And I didn't understand it. I really didn't. I kept looking because it was staring me in the face. It's on this little piece of paper. And I didn't understand the quote until like it hit me in the face. So here's the story. Uh, so Dusty Rhodes was the narrator for the WCW War Games DVD collection that is available, right? Uh, that you can purchase. Gotcha. It was filmed. It was filmed down at FCW. They they shut down the facility. They they you know changed up the show ring. Yeah, to blacked out. And he, he was in the ring, right? Like he, he was, was in, in the, the ring. ring. That's right. Okay. That was all filmed. That was all filmed down at FCW. Gotcha. So they had a they had a film crew and not a WWE film crew, right? Like a like a journeyman film crew, you know, that they brought in with one of the WD producers, but all the, all the crew were, were just, you know, whatever from Tampa. Interesting. So they spent the day filming and they, I'm a gopher. I'm running around doing what needs to be done to help out whatnot. During the lunch break, I'm getting lunch at the buffet table with one of the rando camera guys. And he's like, man, this is so fascinating. 
Um, I had no idea who Dusty Rhodes was before, but this guy sounds really cool. Like he's got a lot of experience. And I give him kind of give him the side. I'm like, you don't know who Dusty Rhodes is? How like, dare you not know who Dusty how Rhodes did, is? How dare? Like <laughs> that was it? Like I didn't say that to him, but I'm just kind of thinking that myself. Like how do you not know D- Dusty Rhodes? Oh, is an American dream. God bless. So, anyways, a couple of hours go by, and I'm in the production room, and Dusty's kind of you know in between takes, and I'm you know I'm just doing whatever, and I go, hey Dusty, like just kind of catch like, hey Dusty, like. Can you believe it? Like, there's some jamoke out there who had no idea who you Great were. Word. Like, I had to set him straight <laughs> and let him know. Like, I can't believe they didn't know what the American dream is. Like, it's right. terrible. Right. But nothing. He's like, okay, baby. That sounds great. That's, yeah, whatever. Uh, the next day, uh, I try to go into the production room, and Dusty's not there that day. Uh, try to go in the production room. Um, no, uh, let me, I, re- I take that back. Next day, Dusty is there, and I'm in the production room. Dusty just comes in and goes, listen, get out. Get out of this room. Okay. Interesting. Uh, I don't question. When the American dream tells you to do something, you do it. So I left, and I wasn't in there. And, and he was like, don't come back. Don't You do not come back in. All right? Interesting. I was out, like, the whole day. I don't know. I don't even know what I did, but I know I wasn't in the office that day while I was there. And okay. the next day, I tried to go back in. You wasn't there. Dr. Tom said, uh, Dusty told me that you're not allowed in there again. Uh, you know, you're not supposed to do your work, like you're supposed to go through something. And I had no idea. I didn't know what happened. So here's, here's what happened. And so I, I go, doc, can you, can you help me out here? I think I may have upset him. I feel like I've upset him and I don't know what I did. So he sent me down. I was like, thank you for asking. This is where doc becomes very helpful. He goes, um, did you, you know, did you say something to Dusty about, you know, what happened yesterday or two days ago? So I, I was like, oh, but he made me remind me. He's like, yeah, I kind of told Dusty, like, you know, somebody didn't know who he was. I was what, what an idiot. What a jamoke. Right. And, and the punchline was, Doc goes, how do you think that made Dusty feel? Here's Dusty Rhodes, the American dream. You know, Dusty, God rest his soul. He has a very large ego. Right. right? He is bigger than Elvis. Uh, how yeah. do you think it made him feel when he heard that somebody else didn't know who he was. And I go, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, that was stupid. Like, I, yeah, some other guy didn't know who he was. I was just kind of like, joke, like, that was terrible. I said, I was like, yeah, but Doc was like, but who said it to him? Mm. He goes, here's the thing. So here's the quote. This was the quote that I couldn't understand until something like that happened. He goes, they may not remember what you say. They may not remember how you said it but they'll always remember how you made them feel. Wow. Wow. You talk about a life lesson. That is the biggest thing is that you need to be aware of what you do and what you say because of how it could be interpreted. And that's kind of, that's, that's tough. That's tough. That wrecks your brain because it's like, there's so many permutations out there of how is someone going to take something, you know, but you really do have to be mindful of your audience. You have to read your audience. You were mentioning that earlier on reading your audience, knowing, you know, uh, what you might say and how that might be interpreted. So that is the biggest piece of advice that I cannot recommend enough to people out there, no matter if you're in wrestling or not, remember that words have meaning and what you think it might mean may mean something completely. So you just have to be mindful of how you make people feel based on what you say and what you do. 
All right, I'm putting a pause on the cause of that interview. That was the end of part one. And tune in next week here on the Leisure and Lariats podcast for part two, the final installment of my sit-down interview with Chris Russo. Guys, I really appreciate you tuning in. I hope you enjoyed part one just as much as I did. But now it's that time. I think you should go home now, Devin. There's nothing going on, Stuart. You should go home. Guys, I appreciate you listening in. Tune in next week, next Friday of part two with the one and only Chris Russo. I appreciate you guys listening. Be well, be positive, help someone out today, and I'll talk to you then. Later, guys.